Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 5.45 a.m. East Coast time. It is Saturday, November 9th, and we have a four-game NBA slate for you today. There's five games on the day. There's a Celtics game at 5 p.m. Eastern time, but I haven't really seen that. Maybe FanDuel's running it, DraftKings and Fantasy Draft. They're not running it on their sites, uh, so it's just a four-game slate. I wish it was a five-game slate. Much better when you get more games in that range of five to nine games, but we'll take four games. I think it's still viable to be playing on these slates, of course, and um, yeah, it's a weekend, so I'm sure more people are going to be enjoyed by this video, um, by potentially watching this video, but also enjoy playing uh, on a Saturday night, whatever it might be. So welcome to the video if you're new here. My name is Sal Vetri, and I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. Tons of NFL content on the channel already this week. There'll be more exclusive content this weekend over on Patreon. Tons of NBA content on the channel this week. It's it's every single day here on the channel and the podcast. If you're listening on the audio version, how them ears doing? Hopefully you're having a great start to your day. If you can hit the subscribe button, I greatly appreciate that. By the time you're listening to this, we're about 20 away from 15,000. So thank you all so much. Um, we did not hit the goal yesterday. We got very close. I was going to release the NBA projections uh, for free to the public if whenever we hit 15,000 yesterday before lock, but we did not. Um, I ended up releasing them at 7, a couple of people asked. So I just released them at 7 for people who played the later slates. Um, you knew that and you got in and got there. So Again, um, today's goal, we're going to hit 15,000. I really do appreciate it. Um, linked up down below are those projections if you are interested in them over on Patreon, as well as all of my NFL content over on Patreon. Today is the live stream uh, that for NFL um, that will be on Patreon. Uh, it will be 10 a.m. Eastern time, but you can catch the replay as well. Tomorrow will be the Closing Thoughts podcast, as well as every single day we do projections, target off and cheat in my overall NBA model. Um, Patreon seemed to be a good night for the people um, who indeed did get to the um, D'Angelo Russell 37 shot night. Um, my God, I thought he was going to shoot 25 times, and that would be a lot. 37 shot night to the Damian Lillard's career high 60 point night. Two guys that I had a ton of interest in last night, two guys that I had a lot of. Unfortunately, and a good amount of my lineups, I had Rodney Hood's one point before he left with an injury. So, uh, yeah, that's going to sting. Regardless, though, um, it was a small loss last night for me because of Rodney Hood's one point uh, when you're going to stink that badly in terms of eh, injuries happen. So um, on to the next one. We do have this four-game slate. Do check out all that content linked up down below. Instagram is live. Yesterday was the first day I released some Instagram content. Going to be working more on providing value through Instagram outside of just promoting some of these videos and podcasts, um, statistics, ownership numbers, things like that. So be sure to follow me on Instagram. It's linked up down below. Salvetri is the name over there, as well as on Twitter, at DFS. Thank you to everybody for the support, the continued support. And over on today, I'll announce the winners for the Fantasy Draft giveaway for podcast rating reviewing. Um, but if you do review the podcast, you will be entered into that raffle for, if not this week, definitely next week. And also, thank you. It does really help. These reviews on the podcast have been spiking. Even if you don't want to leave the review, you, you feel funny writing some words there. That's fine. If you can leave a five-star rating, if you enjoy the podcast, that does help. That's all the plugs. Well, I guess there's one more, but Fantasy Draft, you all should be playing on there. You guys know about Fantasy Draft. It's linked up above in this video, um, the picture of it. They're just not charging rake. And if you're not getting charged rake, I think Josh Engelman on um, one of the Osmo shows yesterday said it perfectly. 
you're pretty much not paying interest if you look at it a different way. Um, rake is about 10 to 15% on most of these DraftKings and FanDuel contests, and there is zero rake over on uh, Fantasy Draft. You do pay a fee to play uh, to pay for like a sub- subscription package to not have rake on a certain amount of money, but it might be like a 1% to 2% fee at most. At most, I don't even think it's that high. It's like a 1% fee of interest. Um, so there's your uh, 1% in terms of interest you're paying compared to the 10 to 15%. Uh, I started tracking bankroll um, really a, a while ago, and uh, you could just see right next to the DraftKings bankroll the, the difference in terms of the nights when you lose and win on Fantasy Draft. Obviously not as big contest, but uh, today will be the first day that I go 100% over onto Fantasy Draft for NBA. I will not be playing any DraftKings today, and I just really want to focus on that. I mean, it's the more that I say it out loud on these videos, the more that it's true you're throwing money away playing fantasy or DraftKings if you're not winning these bigger prizes on um, which again it's fun to chase but anyways that is linked up down below if you're interested you can click that link it does help me out I don't make any money off of you but it just does help in terms of tracking if they want to continue to promote on my channel which again helps me as a third party uh, promoting so there's not a lot of injury news on this four game slate I mean I think there's some injury news on the Celtics game but again that's not I'm not playing a showdown slate uh, the only advice I have for showdowns if there's any late second news Kemba gets ruled out 30 minutes before lock hammer the showdown slate play so much of it because on a saturday showdown slate nobody's paying attention same things for sunday showdown slates if kemba was ruled out and this is all hypothetical but if kemba or jalen brown since he's coming back from an infection were ruled out out of nowhere 30 40 minutes before lock they're probably going to be in like 15 to 20 percent of the showdown lineup still so uh, and nobody's going to know what to properly do around them so just make sure to hammer in the showdown slates if somebody's ruled out like that um, but no other real news there i think Ennis canter's out but i don't really want to break too much down into a showdown slate so the four game slate cody zeller He's not injured or anything, but I put him on here. Like, he's probable. He's 5,400 on DraftKings. He's six, uh, 10,600 on Fantasy Draft. He's just unstable right now. Three straight games, less than 20 minutes. They have more Bismack Biombo playing. Um, so the reason that he's on here is just a status change for his minutes. He's, he's, he's like their number one, or coming into the season, he was their number one reason they might win games. And now it quickly seems like Devontae Graham is fine. Miles Bridges continues to take slow, um, small steps forward. Terry Rozier has been up and down over a turbulent season. But they don't need, it seems like, Cody Zeller out there. They've been playing smaller uh, with lineups that just run P.J. Washington. Uh, they've been playing smaller that lineups that run P.J. Washington and Marvin Williams. Again, Biombo has been playing. Biombo's not playing a ton of minutes, so it's not like he's playing 25 minutes and just taking the starter minutes. It's just getting distributed out, and everybody's just running through center. He's playing about the past couple of games. You're only getting Cody Zeller uh, playing right around, I don't know, 40% of the minutes at center. Um, so it's interesting. I just don't think you could play him even at these, this price point. You're taking a big risk. He should probably shoot back up to like his 28 to 26 minutes at some point. But three straight games of it means that something else is happening and they like what they're doing. So I'm going to stay away. Otto Porter Jr. was ruled out for the Bulls. He, they already said Chandler Hutchinson, who's $3,200 on this slate, is going to start in his place. It'll also help Chad Young or Chad Young, Thad Young who will be filling in um, behind Hutchinson now. Uh, they should be splitting up most of those small forward minutes, maybe run into some power forward minutes as well. Draymond Green with his finger injury continues to be out. He's going to miss at least another game after this as well as what they're saying. Eric Pascal, uh, Willie Carlos Stein, Glenn Robinson III, Amari Spellman, all these guys benefit. Same thing for Kavon Looney, who remains out with a hamstring injury. Looney seems more long-term, though. Um, I would say the biggest benefactor is Eric Pascal, or Pascal, whatever. I think I just said it twice the same way, but um, he's going to play power forward minutes. He'll get the biggest of minutes in the 30s. But Glenn Robinson the third is cheap, and he's playing huge minutes. He just played 42 minutes in the last game. I mean, I know there's some... 
extended run for him in there due to some foul troubles and things like that. But he's playing huge minutes. He's cheaper. Willie Colley Stein played 25 minutes in the last game. Finally sees a decent amount of minutes, and he's still cheap. So Willie Colley Stein seems like an okay value if he gets those minutes. Glenn Robinson, I believe, is a good value. I mean, not the greatest point-per-minute producer, especially with Russell back and probably going to take half of your team shots. Um, but when you're that cheap and you're playing that many minutes, you'll back your way into points. So I don't really have a priority on these Golden State values. I mean, I like D'Angelo Russell from the team the most, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I don't really have a priority after that. Willie Colley Stein seems okay if I can confidently give him 25 minutes at his price point. And Glenn Robinson seems okay if I can confidently give him 35 plus minutes, which I think I can do at this point. Amari Spellman and Marquise Chris, they're just splitting up um, uh, somewhere between like 30 minutes a game between the two of them, and it's just not worth it. Eric Gordon is probable for this game going to return after missing the last game and it seemed like something that could be out for a while. Now, keep in mind, if you're a game log watcher, which you, it's okay to do that, but look more into it. Um, yes, he had a, his only good game in his last time out. Uh, he also played in a game where he played 32 minutes. That's the game he gets injured in, and Russell Westbrook wasn't in that game. So keep that in mind. Although he performed a little bit better, he had more avenues and more routes to perform better because there's no Russell Westbrook. He's probably with a hamstring. It's going to hurt Daniel House Jr., who was inserted into the starting lineup. House played 39 minutes. House should still continue to play good minutes, but nowhere near 40 minutes a game with Eric Gordon back taking over some of those minutes. House should be playing at, at maximum now. If, if House comes off the bench, which is a possibility here, there's a chance he doesn't even crack uh, 25 minutes. So keep an eye on that. His price tag is up. Ben McLemore, or McLemore is a guy who was going to get extended run with Eric Gordon potentially out, but now he's going to be in. So McLemore should probably float somewhere in between 15 and 20 minutes. And Eric Gordon is 4,300 on DraftKings, 8,200 on Fantasy Draft. Seems like a, a pretty okay play. Again, I know he's been sucking, but it's a four-game slate. And if you get a guy who's going to play 35 minutes, um, more times than not, he'll pay off 4,300. Gordon, though, <laughs> has been doing it not. <laughs> So here's the target offense sheet. We're still waiting on the game total for Memphis and Dallas. Uh, you can see I have the showdown slate on here. If you're looking on the video version, how you doing? You see I have the showdown slate on here. That's just if you're interested in the target offense sheet. It'll be updated. I have to update the DVP numbers um, for last night's games, uh, but that should not affect Sa San Antonio and Boston because they haven't played. Um, but I will update that. Uh, that'll be over on Patreon. Again, linked up down below. We're about to hit 400 patrons, and once we do, I give away a lifetime Patreon subscription. Two people have already gotten that for the 200 patron and 300 patron thresholds, which we're getting around once a month at this point. So thank you all so much. Let's start target offense sheet. Charlotte and New Orleans. I mean, we got some decently high total games. I mean, there's four games on the slate. We have three so far, and two of them are over 231. So Charlotte and New Orleans, 231.5 for each of these. It's really because neither team's playing defense. Like, I thought New Orleans was going to be a better defensive team this season, right? You get Derek Favors. You get Lonzo Ball. Drew Holiday's still there. Brandon Ingram's coming in. Maybe he can do something off the bench. You have Josh Hart. It's has not been the case, though, uh, and it makes some sense because they're playing at such a fast pace, and, I mean, it's like seven games we're judging here. Um, but, yeah, it's a spot where it's just two bad defenses. We know Charlotte's a bad defense already. Um, like Cody Zeller has not been out there. You have Bismack Biombo on the court more. That's going to make your defense much, much worse, um, aside from the fact that they're just running out. Um, just not great defenders. I mean, Terry Rozier is good in his own right. Devonta Graham, no. Devonta Graham's just out there to shoot. So, yeah, it's a spot where both of these teams should be running at a fast pace. I mean, right now, New Orleans is playing at the fastest pace on this slate and one of the fastest paces in the league, similar to last year. So, a 116.5 team implied total for New Orleans. They're just all priced really properly. Like, you're going to have Lonzo Ball playing in this game completely fine. Same thing for Derek Favors is what they're telling us. Um, so they're all just priced good. Like, you have Drew Holiday in a good spot against Charlotte, who's giving up the most points on this slate to the shooting guard position. Again, that's very skewed because it's a small sample size and positionality in this day and age for the NBA. It's not really there, especially when there's so much transition scoring for a fast team like New Orleans uh, and Charlotte this season. Again, highest projected pace uh, from the season is New Orleans' second highest projected game on this slate. 
So it's just a spot where Drew Holiday stands out a little bit. He's still yet to have this just massive monster game, and he's priced below $8,000, which is, I think, a nice spot to target him because once he has that good 50-point game and he just shoots well and he's all over the court for close to triple-double Drew, um, it's harder to do that with Lonzo out there and assist-wise, Brandon Ingram and Favors out there for rebounding-wise, but... He's going to get priced up. I think it's a low dollar point on him. Might come down a little bit, so I don't have a ton of conviction around Drew Holiday. Um, Brandon Ingram stands out at $8,000. I mean, I think that's a fine price point to pay for him on a four-game slate. Again, he's on a team that it's tough. It's not tough for him to pay that off, um, but I think more times than not, he won't moving forward. Oh, but Sally's paid it off like six times this year. Yeah, four of those times were without Drew Holiday. I get it. The last two games, he's done it, and he's looked pretty good. Um, I think Brandon Ingram is my biggest priority from this team um, but that said relative to the slate not so much of a priority on Charlotte um, there's a couple pieces here that I like Devontae Graham's price is up a ton but he continues to shoot the ball I think he's okay Terry Rozier at $7,000 I think we have better options on the slate but all these Charlotte guys against New Orleans have pretty much the best matchups on the slate I wish I can rely on Cody Zeller's minutes here because he by far has the best matchup on the slate at center against just a rotating door of Jackson Hayes and Julia Okafor and Derek Favors, um, but it's not probably going to be the case. We're not going to have that um, luxury of knowing who's going to be starting at center, and here's the thing. like These teams have good totals, 115 implied total for Charlotte, 116.5 for New Orleans. It's just a spot where a lot of guys are priced to where they should be. Lonzo is still priced to where he should be. Um, Julia Okafor and Derek Favors splitting the minutes and plus other minutes going in there. Like they're playing 20 minutes each at center. That's not really going to get you there, even at their price points. Surely, if Julia Okafor continues to start like he did last night, maybe he gets uncaged for 25 minutes and not whatever he did last night in 17 minutes. But uh, other than that, there's really not many solid options. I'd probably go um, Brandon Ingram, then Drew Holiday from New Orleans, and that's pretty much it that stands out. And then Charlotte, I'd probably go Devontae Graham and then Terry Rogier. And I mean, I, you can throw your darts. I think Miles Bridges' price point has come up a little bit too much. I don't really want it. You can throw your darts at Dwayne Bacon at 4,400 if you still want to go there. Uh, it's a good matchup for it. Again, he's been pretty awful this season, but one game. I mean, he could shoot up on a four-game slate, and that's all you need. And then the center position is not something I really want to toy with. P.J. Washington at his price point, I probably don't get there. So, yeah, it's just a weird slate um, or a weird game in general because a lot of guys are, that I'm interested are priced where they should be. Nobody's really standing out as a priority in this game. There's just some interest. Memphis and Dallas, on the Dallas side of it, it's just all Luka. Like, this is a tougher spot for Luka, but when you factor in this guy's just a triple-double machine, another 70-plus point fantasy performance last time out, uh, last night, and he's just a triple-double machine. It's as simple as that. We'll see what happens with Kristoff. They have yet to... So Porzingis, at the beginning of the year, they said they're probably going to rest him like 10 times this season. And the biggest candidate for that, or the best spot to do that, is on back-to-backs, right? So he just played a hell of a game, 50 fantasy points last night, and we'll see if they finally rest him. He has yet to rest this year, but if you're going to rest 10 games in the season, and they said the built-in plan for load management for Porzingis was 10 to 12 games... If you're already this far into the season, on average, you're probably resting once every eight games, which is about this threshold. So I'm not shocked to see Christoph Porzingis sit today. If that's the case, I mean, it's all the usage in the world for Luka Dantich, a guy in Dwight Powell who's been terrible so far this season, but played 27 minutes. He should get a bigger bump. Maxi Kleba might start alongside of Dwight Powell. He will get a bigger bump already seeing big minutes. So just keep an eye on the fact that Porzingis might not play today. Like, I would not expect him to be playing today if indeed they're going to stick to their plan of load management of Christoph for 10 games. A season because you only have oh so many back to backs um, and oh so many back to backs that are so perfectly scheduled in terms of being eight games apart for his load management to be uh, like an actual routine for him. So 
I do like Luka today. He's one of my favorite pay-up options. He's still way too cheap. I get it. Memphis wants to play um, historically slower, but this season they're actually playing really fast. Um, on the slate, they're right behind New Orleans. the second fastest on this slate and one of the fastest in the league. Dallas is playing much slower. Makes sense. Luka's just going to ISO up everybody or they're going to set plays uh, for Porzingis, so you're not going to have as much speed there. But this Dallas team is disgusting. Like, Lucas stands out. Porzingis, I don't have much interest in in this matchup. It's a good rebounding matchup for him. But in terms of just bodying up Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr. for the 10 minutes Jackson Jr. is on the court before he fouls out, um, when he gets into foul trouble, it's not the greatest of matchups. That said, I mean, Porzingis is just a unicorn. Like, he's fantastic. I just really don't think he plays today. So we'll keep an eye on that. But outside of that for Dallas, like, if Porzingis doesn't play, yes, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell become more attractive. But right now they don't. Like, Dwight Powell is playing huge minutes. He's been terrible. Um, and this is not the matchup that I envision Dwight Powell having success in unless he knocks down some mid-range to three-point shots. Again, I don't envision that. Um, DeLon Wright started the second half ahead of Courtney Lee. I don't even know why Courtney Lee started the game last night. Um, he played like five minutes and he looked terrible. Um, I don't even know he was still in the league. Maybe I just wasn't watching the game and it was some sort of retirement thing for Courtney Lee. I highly doubt it, but just very odd there. Let me blow this up so people on the screen can see it. There you go. Um, so just very odd there. Dolan Wright doesn't really stand out, although he played good minutes. It's just... It's just a spot where I want Luka, um, and if Porzingis is out, some other values open up. On the Memphis side, there's a lot of decent plays. I think John Morant is just hard to get to because it's surely a nice spot for John Morant here, right? He's continuing to play fast and pace. He's fantastic in transition. If you have yet to watch this kid, go watch his play-by-play highlights that you can watch in like 10 minutes accelerated tape on like NBA.com. It's amazing. He's just like, um, honestly, he is just like Russell Westbrook in terms of in transition, um, driving to score, and has no jump shot. So there you go. Um, But John Morant, yeah, not really. He's cheap now in the 6K range relative to where he's been in the 7K range, mid-7K range. But he's still, like, look at his game logs. He's playing 26 to 28 minutes. Rarely plays more than that. The one game that he played more was 32 minutes. I believe that game went to overtime. So... It's just really hard to trust John Morant here because you're getting a minutes cap on him. And yes, he's a good point per minute producer, but he's not like DeJounte Murray averaging 1.55 fantasy points per minute. He's averaging 1.2 fantasy points per minute. So when you play 26 to 28 minutes, more times than not, it's really difficult to get me there. So I don't really have much interest in him. Guys like Dylan Brooks are priced up to like 6K now as a pure shooter. I really don't want that. Memphis, pretty much what stands out is their bigs. Jonas Valanciunas on a four-game slate, played 22 minutes last night. Um... He played 27 minutes the night before. The issue with Jonas Valanciunas is believing that he'll play big minutes or even be active for a back-to-back here. Um, so keep an eye on this. Or played 22 minutes the last time out. Um, I, I don't know. I can't remember now if they played last night or not. I don't have the back-to-back stuff in here. But still, he's 6,200. If he's going to get the minutes and start, you average more times than not 24 minutes out of Joe Valera. We saw him break free two games ago for 27 minutes. So it's an okay spot for Jonas Valanciunas against Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber. Like, okay, meaning it's a really good spot. If indeed Christoph Porzingis is out, I'd probably smash in Jonas Valanciunas everywhere. And then you have Jaron Jackson Jr. at $4,700. His price has just fallen off a cliff. Look, this guy's going to play like 28 to 32 minutes a game. Um, but Sal, he hasn't been doing that yet. But look at his look at his foul trouble every single game. He, I don't understand how this point in his career, I get it, he's a young player, he's physical, but guy can't stay out of foul trouble. Um, he's fouled out of multiple games. He's been in foul trouble every single game except two. The one game that he doesn't get into foul trouble, he drops like 40 fantasy points. So he's 4,700 on a four-game slate. It's definitely worth playing him. He just has a brutal matchup against Porzingis if Porzingis is in. But $4,700 for a guy who, and this is a big if, like I honestly think like 60% of the time this kid gets in foul trouble, if not more, like 70% of the time. It's terrible. Like six out of 10 games, three out of five games, he's definitely in foul trouble. So I think 60 is a better number. Um, so you're taking a huge risk to where he can score 12 points for you because he'll have three fouls in the first quarter and pick up another foul right when he comes in in the second or half and he just won't play. He'll play like 18 minutes. So 
it's scary. Um, but if he doesn't get in foul trouble, 4,700, he can smash that price point. I mean, he has to get you 24 fantasy points to pay it off. And yes, he's a power forward who has upside in terms of rebounding and scoring and also blocks and whatever else. It's a good spot for him. Um, moving on to Chicago and Houston, which is projected to be the fastest paced game on the slate. Um, I actually misspoke. Uh, Houston is the fastest team on the slate at 110, 110.1 possessions per game this season. This is projected to be the fastest game on the slate because of that. Chicago not running all that fast, but Houston is just going to push them up. A 109.37 pace, and that just means possessions in this game compared to the next highest in Charlotte, Charlotte and New Orleans with a 107.37. So, I mean, this is the spot where you're going to get a ton of points. Uh, we'll start with Houston. A 110 team implied total, or 120 team implied total. It's just such a good spot. Uh, yes, Harden is in play, of course. He's 11,800 on a four-game slate. He's always in play. If he's just out there, he's going to get to the line. He's averaging over 16 free throw attempts per game. 16 free throw attempts. This guy knows how to play the game. I mean, he, he gets the NBA in this day and age. Make threes, and then when you don't, get to the line and draw contact. Make it whatever it is. If it's facade contact, just make contact and make it look like contact. Get to the line. Who cares? Score. That's it. This guy is beautiful for fantasy. 11,800. I don't believe I put him on my early interest on the next sheet. He's definitely an interest. He's obviously an interest. Um, it's just something that uh, moving through it, when I look at lineup construction, I might not get there as much. But on a four-game slate, I mean, he's clearly in play. Um, Russell Westbrook, same thing can be said for him. His price continues to decrease, $9,000. He's going to have his triple-double game. Like, it's it's been hard in shooting a ton, getting to the line. Westbrook's minutes are, should come up, I would imagine, back to the mid-30s. He hasn't seen that um, in the last two games for himself. So, I mean, he scores 40 points in 30 minutes the last time out. 40 fantasy points, that is. I think it's still a fine spot for him. Everybody else is interesting on this Houston team because they're going to play at a fast pace. They're six and a half point favorites in a game total of 233 and a half with the highest team total on the slate of 120. Everybody else is interesting because PJ Tucker is 5,800 now. He's no longer $4,500. He has to score 30 fantasy points for you to pay that tag off. And although he's coming off a 45 fantasy point game, the two before that were duds in the single digits or pushing single digits at 10 and 11 fantasy points. And I'm not saying he does that, but even if you have a 24 fantasy point game from PJ Tucker, more times than not in the past, that's really good, right? And when he's 5K, that, that's fine with you. But now it doesn't pay it off. So PJ Tucker, I'm very hesitant on. Eric Gordon comes back at 4,300. We'll see if he's back inserted into the starting lineup, but more times than not, that guy is probably not going to pay off. Most players should pay it off, but just the way that he's shooting, and he's very reliant on shooting at this point because any assists are absolutely gone with, I mean, James Harden obviously up there in assist rate, but now Russell Westbrook there. Reboundings are absolutely gone. He's going to hit the rebounding race for Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker eventually. We've seen it already a little bit with Russell Westbrook in some of these past few games. And then definitely Eric Gordon. So Gordon at his price point is very reliant on shooting, and he's been shooting just career worst right now. Now, I think that's clearly going to rebound. Does it rebound today? I'm not positive. Um, but at 4,300, it's worth taking stabs on. Daniel Haas Jr.'s price tag is up as well, and this is a guy who needs to play 32-plus minutes to pay off a $5,300 price tag. If he's going to play 25 minutes for you, it's very rare that he shoots well enough to pay that off. So um, my priorities on this team are clearly the top end guys in Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I think I prefer Westbrook more today. And it's nothing against Harden. He's just $2,800 cheaper. And I do think that Russell Westbrook has the 60 point um, ceiling in him. And I think he consistently will get me closer to 50. And of course, Harden can just get you 80 plus, but there's also a $2,800 difference on a four game slate. So I like getting to Harden today. I might have more of Westbrook as of right now. And as I mean, I'm saying this and recording this podcast and video, it's it's 13 hours before lock. So lots can change. My projections will be out later today around noon or one. And that's when I'll know for sure who I'm probably going to get more of once I put it into Fantasy Cruncher. So definitely check out my projections again, linked up down below over on Patreon will release probably closer to one today. Um, maybe two. We'll, we'll see depending on actually, uh, yeah, I have the Osmo live stream today. Uh, from 11 and that usually ends around 12 30 ish so they'll probably release around 1 30 takes me an hour to put them together so 
Yeah, Houston's weird because you have Clint Cabela priced up coming off of a monster game, but he's 7,400 now. I really don't want to pay for that. I mean, I know he had a break-free game, but when when Westbrook is on, he's going to just increase and impact Clint Capella's rebounding rate by like 8 to 10%. So not great overall. His price tags up. Nothing else really stands out here. It's just the two top end guys. Eric Gordon, I think I prioritize a little bit over Daniel House, especially if Gordon's starting. Um, it might even be better for Gordon to come off the bench, but these guys in Westbrook and Harden are going to be staggered, so he's going to get one of them no matter what. So that's about it. It's a very high total game. I think the two top dogs are the ones that you go for here. Um, and that's about it. On the other side with Chicago, lots of pieces in play. You're going to have Chandler Hutchinson at $3,200. Who knows how much he plays? He's played 15 minutes and 19 minutes. I would expect, I mean, somewhere in the mid to high 20s from Chandler Hutchinson starting at the um, Otto Porter position. You should have a bump up in minutes for Thad Young. He's in play at 4200 Hutchinson at 3200 looks really nice here, but don't get carried away. I mean, I'm going to have interest. I want to see how he projects out. Um, but this is a guy who, if he plays 25 to 26 minutes, can surely get you 30 fantasy points without a doubt. But he can also get you 16 to 15 fantasy points. So he's not a lock, especially at the position where it's one of the worst positions to be starting in place of. Shooting guard in these wings, pretty much. If he's going to start at the three, you're not starting at the four like um, Laurie Markkinen is. Uh, if he's going to be starting mainly at the three, it's really hard. Or or the five like Wendell Carter. It's hard to just bank in extra peripherals like rebounds, right, and assists and double-double and blocks when you're starting at the three. You're very much reliant on shooting and a couple of assists a game. So we'll see if he gets there at 3,200. It's really hard to hurt you on a slate like this. I imagine I end up with a good amount. Um, we'll see if he is indeed. Officially, they said he's already starting, but we'll see if that's what happens when the lineups come out. Uh, Zach Levine, if you want to get to him at 7,300, he is the epitome of a tournament play. If he scores 25 to 30 fantasy or 25 to 30 real life points, he will smash for you at his price tag. Otherwise, he's not going to do too much for you. Assist rate is usually up there. Um, in terms of potential assists, but he never really delivers all that much on them. So, I mean, $7,300 so far this year, at least $7,300 and somewhat of a tough matchup. It's a fast-paced game for them, a big pace-up spot. I do have interest in Levine. A team total of 113.5 isn't great. Um, Laurie Markman's cheap at 6300 this Houston team has been very unlucky. Like, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league so far through, like, seven games. That's not going to hold up. Like, they've been very unlucky with the way that their team or their opponents are shooting against them. It's unsustainable, so that's driving a lot of their numbers down. You can look at cleaning the glass on things like that. So it's clearly been bad and worse than they expected, but it's not going to hold up based on the percentages that their teams against them are shooting from the corner and just three and mid-range in general. These are unsustainable rates that once those start to drop in and regress, the overall defense will start to become a middle of the pack and potentially even a above average defense at that point, meaning top half of the league. So um, Chicago, we'll talk about the interest that I have on the next page and them. OKC and Golden State this is probably my favorite game to target overall. It's just a fun game. Like you have D'Angelo Russell, who's going to shoot 40 times, right? <laughs> 37 last night. Um, he, he needs every 37 of those to hit a 50 point. It's crazy. Very Kobe-esque in his final game. Uh, and then OKC has some pieces. OKC's team total um, right there is virtually the second highest on the slate at 116.25. And then at Golden State, 104.25 is currently the lowest on the slate. We'll get into my interest on the next page for these teams. So early interests right here. We'll read them off on the podcast for everybody. I have listed 18 early interests. Again, these early interests can change, can increase. It definitely will increase if I'm playing a lot of lineups. My early interest on a four-game slate probably you're going to have like seven to 10 more of this on my Patreon projections. I do list out my interests with an, a yes, an X for a maybe or a no. Um, and I do those up until lock. So you know exactly what my player pool is looking like. So Luka Dantic is a yes for me at $9,600. He's just way too cheap. 17,200 on fantasy draft. It's not the greatest of matchups against Memphis as a general defense, but they're a poor rebounding team. So if we break this down a little bit, they're a poor rebounding team. So that helps Luka for rebounding. Obviously he's going to be close to the basket. This guy plays as yes, a point guard on offense, but 
defensively he'll hover around as if he's a power forward and there's a chance sometime this year you see Luca playing power forward what Sal just said Luca's gonna play power forward there's a chance they're so thin at that position and it, it's really if Kristoff gets injured right Porzingis they're so thin at that position and have so much garbage there in this Memphis team behind or on this Dallas team behind Porzingis uh and that's assuming that Cleaver just continues to play like center behind uh, pa- uh, behind Powell that at some rotations you might even see Luka go down there I mean last year he was a I believe a point guard small forward uh, and he was playing some power forward last year believe it or not very limited minutes but I think you see it go back there if Porzingis gets hurt and and the other big piece of this is if Porzingis is out I mean give me all the Luka Dantich in the world there's so much of a productivity drop that has to be picked up some of the value guys behind him will pick it up but nowhere near as effectively and efficiently as Luka so $9,600 I think it's fine 9k for Russell Westbrook I like this price tag I believe the minutes will continue to come up he's facing a very poor rebounding team similar to Memphis uh, for Luka but a very poor rebounding team in Chicago even with marketing out there, even with uh, Wendell Carter, they're very poor. They're giving up a lot of second chance opportunities. And Russell Westbrook's just a guy who um, devours and, and just thrives for offensive rebounds and second chance putbacks. Um, whether it's himself or just assisting on them. So I like that. It's really hard not to like D'Angelo Russell. I think D'Angelo Russell might be one of the highest on players on tonight's slate because people just saw him score 80 fantasy points last night. And whether you whether you had him, you loved it, and you want to go right back to him at a similar price point, he only goes up $100. And I get it. These salaries were probably released before that game even started last night. Yeah, I think they were. Only goes up $100. He's 15700 on Fantasy Draft. This is a great price point, and you can put him in your shooting guard spot, so it's hard not to like D'Lo here. He shot 37 times, though, so keep this in mind. Like, There's nobody else on this team. They have Jordan Poole out of the rotation, as they should. Jordan Poole has been a terrible, a terrible uh, rotational player and starter. Uh, Alec Burks played again. He played 30-plus minutes again, and he should be playing because he actually can score on offense, and he scored 30 fantasy points, one of the better values in the slate for Golden State and for this entire slate, in my opinion. D'Angelo Russell probably isn't going to shoot 37 times again. So in terms of scoring 80 points, yeah, I don't think that happens. But if he scores 30 real-life points at $8,500, and there's a really good chance he does, yeah, 30 real-life points on 24 shot attempts, if that's what it ends up being, is going to pay off 8500 more times than not, especially when four or five of those are three-pointers for your extra bonus there, especially when he finds his way into a steal and four sit or five assists and four rebounds, right? It's going to pay it off. So even though he'll probably be one of the highest home players in the slate, it's really tough to want to get away from it. SGA, Shea, Gilkis, Alexander at $7,100 against Golden State. I mean, yeah, this is seems like a smash spot to me. <laughs> I mean, you saw what Damian Lillard did last night. It's really tough not to like Chris Paul and SGA today. I prefer SGA. The price difference is just very close. It's only a $400 difference on Fantasy Draft, a $300 difference on DraftKings. They're both dirt cheap. You can put SGA into the shooting guard spot. Once again, I do prefer uh, SGA uh, to Chris Paul. Devontae Graham at 6,700. It's really hard for me to want to get to Devontae Graham. Good matchup. The kid continues to shoot. He's averaging 31 minutes per game and a 25.3% usage rate, which is, it's very elite for what his role on this team is, like coming off the bench. So $6,700, it is a good price point, but for $400 more, I prefer SGA against Golden State. It's an interesting discussion between Devontae Graham uh, and Chris Paul. If you're not getting to SGA, I think I prefer Chris Paul in that lineup. If you already have SGA, then I think I get to Devontae Graham. It's weird to see his price point this high, but he continues to produce, continues to play minutes, and it's not like he's just doing it just on purely shooting, right? He's clearly shooting well, but he has a 25% usage rate, 25.3. So it's not like he's just standing in the corner spot up shooting. He's actually driving, um, picking up assists, doing other things as well. Laurie Markkinen at 6,300 finds himself in an odd spot where his minutes aren't stable. He is averaging 30.2 per game. He's been closing the last couple of games, which is good. Before that, he wasn't, though. And against a team like the Rockets, it's interesting to see how they go down the stretch. Since they have no auto porter, I think it just secures Laurie's minutes more, especially in the closing rotation. Um, I don't think they'll go to a Chandler Hudsonson at the three, Thad Young at the four, Wendell Carter at the five. 
closing lineup also what helps Laurie Markkinen is that Wendell Carter is just a guy he fouled out in the last game in very limited minutes he's a guy who will get into foul trouble and that only helps Laurie's stability in minutes and also minutes at the five so $6,300 against Clint Capella, especially since Laurie is versatile. He can step back and shoot a shot. Um, I do think that's a good matchup for him. And again, he's super cheap and power forward eligible. Jonas Valanciunas at 6,200. Keep an eye on his news or anything. Maybe he'll be rested. Who knows at this point, but Jonas Valanciunas, I think is in a good spot. Draws a really good matchup. $6,200 for Joe Val. Um, I do think Joe has Jonas Valanciunas on a four game slate has one of the highest ceilings on the slate. Like in 25 minutes, he can clearly put up 50 fantasy points. This guy is that good. And in this, this matchup, I think he can. Laurie Markkinen is probably your more secure option who fits into more positions. I prefer Jonas Valanciunas to Laurie Markkinen today. Um, not by, not, it's by a hair, but it's only because of the ceiling upside there. Like Laurie Markkinen, if he has a good game, he can score 50 points too. He was scoring 50, 60 points, almost uh, 50 to 60 points, almost consistently for a few weeks last season when he was in the 7K price range. Now he's 6,300. So I like both of these guys, but if Joe Val is fully healthy, especially if Porzingis is out uh, for Dallas on the opposite side, I do like Joe Val a little bit more for a four-game slate, and then ownership will really dictate this. If one's getting a ton more, maybe you pivot a little bit. Steven Adams, I put on here at 5,400. It's hard not to like him against Golden State. Cat had a very below-average game in this spot recently, which is very concerning. Um, Hassan Whiteside, though, excelled in this spot last night, which is good. Uh, Steven Adams, though, I mean, just been so bad. Um, Look, the minutes have not fully been there at spots. 27 per game, though, is pretty good. He's never been a high usage guy. His rebounding rates, obviously, with no Russell Westbrook, have rebounded so far this year. Um, No pun intended. Didn't even really think about saying that word after already saying it. But $5,400 is hard to ignore for Adams as his price tag continues to drop. Man, it's just really hard to continue to put this guy into your lineup, and he's just a dud. Um, He is like the opposite of what any team wants in their starting lineup is Steven Adams, a traditional big who um, will play defense, sure, but uh, so maybe that point part they want, but he's just a traditional big who really is not that versatile. And he's just going to kind of take up space for you. Makes you hard to have a spacing unit on the floor. Um, yeah, I mean, $5,400, I'm going to have interest there. I don't like it, but I will. Glenn Robinson, the third at 5300 I like this because he's playing a lot of power forward minutes, right? When all these guys injured in terms of um, Kevon Looney and really Draymond Green. So he's getting powered forward minutes behind Eric Pascal in some, not a ton because he plays at the three a lot. But when you're getting extra power forward minutes, even if it's just six or eight, you have more upside. And then you could slide him into your small forward spot when rostering him. He's averaging 30 minutes per game. But as of late, since all these injuries occurred over the past week and a half, he is now averaging closer to around uh, 35 minutes per game. So that's really nice to see. I do prefer Glenn Robinson III over Daniel House Jr., who I also have on here in yellow. Uh, Daniel House Jr. is $700 cheaper on fantasy drafts, so maybe you get to him there, but he's only $100 cheaper on DraftKings. And look, he's playing good minutes, but he's averaging similar minutes to Glenn Robinson, and now Eric Gordon is coming back, so these guys probably play similar minutes. It's just Glenn Robinson is just competing with D'Angelo Russell in terms of overall usage on this team, and probably Alec Burks. Um, whereas, and I mean, you could then say Eric Pascal, but he's not a usage monster. Whereas Daniel House is is just competing with two of the highest usage players in the league on the same team in Russ Westbrook and James Harden. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a GPP only option, $4,700 on DraftKings, 9K in fantasy draft. Man, it's a scary spot to want to play this guy, but he's so cheap. Like scary spot, I mean, meaning that he's so cheap and he could have 10 fantasy points in the first quarter for you and then pick up two quick fouls and you could be like, oh my God, he's going to smash for me and then pick up two quick fouls and he doesn't play for another quarter and a half, then picks up two quick fouls, right? This is, this guy is just one of the worst players at picking up fouls. Um, reminds me of Damian Jones in the league. If you look at Damian Jones' um, box scores this year and last year, really this year, he'll play 15 minutes and foul out. Like he just has no concept of how not to foul people. And it seems like Jaron Jackson Jr. is close in that bucket as well. Alec Burks, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a really good value, but Alec Burks is one of the better values on the slate as well. $4,500, back-to-back games of 30 plus minutes. 
And they've just finally realized that Alec Burks, even if he doesn't start, and I hope he does start, but even if he doesn't start, he's just a better player than guys like Jordan Poole. He's getting more rotational run in minutes overall than Jordan Poole. Poole is just, I mean, yes, he's a young prospect, um, so there's more upside there in terms of the future, but Alec Burks, if you're trying to like win games and actually score, uh, yeah, he's the guy that you go to. So $4,500 right now, Alec Burks, if, and again, barring any injuries or Porzingis sitting or anything like that, Burks at $4,500 and $8,700 on Fantasy Draft is one of my favorite plays in the slate, especially because you can put him into a shooting guard position, and he's going to play a lot of point guard minutes when a guy like uh, D'Angelo Russell is off the court for the, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes that D'Angelo Russell doesn't play. Alec Burks will take over the point in a high usage spot for him. 21.3 usage rate this season, averaging 24 minutes per game. Again, that's skewed the last couple of games. I would project him for at least 26, probably closer to 28. Eric Gordon and Hamadou Diallo are on this as a question mark, is in yellow. I like Eric Gordon somewhat, but again, I'd rather get to Alec Burks. I'd rather get to Jaron Jackson Jr. Here's the thing. Jaron Jackson Jr. can score... 22 fantasy points and foul out and still outscore Eric Gordon, who can play 10 to 15 more minutes than him for $400 less. So I prefer Jaron Jackson Jr. and Alec Burks, and they seem like the overwhelming value below 5K on the slate right now to me. Hamadou Diallo, I get it. He's playing big minutes. He just came off of the most minutes he's played, I think 30. So at 4,100, he's somewhat viable. He has a 20.7% usage rate, which is surprisingly high, and he's averaging 22 minutes per game. Uh, If his minutes continue, yes, I do like him against Golden State. It's a good spot. You can put him into a shooting guard, small forward spot. He's versatile. I just want people to halt their expectations. This is not a good point per minute producer. So if he somehow drops back down to his 18 to 19 minute roll, he's probably going to score you 13 to 14 fantasy points. Even if he drops back down to a 24 minute roll, which is dropping back down from his last game, and he plays 24 minutes. That's very good for the price point, and you take that and run with it. It's above average for what he's getting this year, but just know he's a not great point-per-minute producer, and more times than not, he probably ends up getting you less than 20 fantasy points, um, and that's just not a great spot that you want to be in. So I'd rather take the upside guys in Alec Burks or Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyus Jones at 3,900 is going to be healthy. He played last night. Um, this is just an extreme value and potentially if John Morant sits, but I doubt it. Look, he's playing 39. He's 3,900, primarily playing backup point guard minutes, but he has played alongside of John Morant for some extent, and he's a really good player. Like He's a point per minute producer, so he's averaging right now uh, 21 21- minutes per game, a 20% usage rate. He's averaging 18 and a half fantasy points per game. Um, So it's a spot where he's no priority. He's probably just somebody who gets into a very small amount of my lineups if I enter a ton. Uh, And it's really because he's in the 3K range. He's at the exact same price point as Willie Cauley-Stein on DraftKings. And I prefer Cauley-Stein, especially coming off of a 25-minute game. Maybe we can project him for a little bit more. Tough matchup, though, against OKC. In terms of Steven Adams for Willie Cauley-Stein, Willie Cauley-Stein is $7,600 on Fantasy Draft, $500 cheaper um, than Tyus Jones there. That's definitely a smash spot for Willie Cauley-Stein in terms of Tyus Jones on that platform of Fantasy Draft. Um, So Cauley-Stein at $3,200 stands out. And then all the way at the bottom, Chandler Hudson-Shin at $3,200 against Houston. He's going to be in the starting lineup at 3,200. If he's going to play 25 to 26 minutes, again, he's a guy who can go for 25 to 26 fantasy points, average a point per minute, um, be sort of an auto porter on a good day, or he can very easily play 25 to 26 minutes and score 12 to 13 fantasy points. The fast paced nature of this Houston game gives me some upside in believing that he could do better. Some tough matchups, though, especially against P.J. Tucker at times for him. So the price tag is 3200 $6,100 on Fantasy Draft, pretty much the flat men on both of these sites. He's fine if you want to get to him. Again, just a disclaimer, Russell Wilson, or Russell Wilson, I keep saying that, Russell Westbrook is on this list for Houston, and I like him. I also like James Harden. He's not on this list, but he very much, well, could be or should be. We talked about him on the previous page if, for some reason, you're just tuning into this part of the video. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think that's it. You can make a case for Thad Young at $4,200 to also be on here with no auto porter. Minutes bump should come into the 20s for him now. I think that that's fine if you want to do that, especially because he'll probably go unowned coming off the bench still with Hutchinson back. But I think that's it. I think we covered everything that we wanted to cover. 
put this back on the target offense sheet. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you all have a great rest of your Saturday. If you could do me one favor, and we're going to hit 15,000, but if you could hit that subscribe button, if you hit the like button, if you're still here, maybe potentially this can hit like a 300 like video, that'd be cool. But then the big thing that I wish a lot of you can do and really hope that you can do is if you're listening on the audio version, take a couple seconds, just hit that five star button. If you're listening on Apple iTunes, you just press the three dots in the corner and then it just says rate or review. If you can really hit that five star rate button, it really helps. And if you can leave a review, that's even better. Just a couple of nice words about the show something you like about it. It helps me reach more people, pushes me above other people. So if people just search for basketball or fantasy basketball or DraftKings, whatever it is, if I have more ratings, it pushes me above just the next podcast out there. So it really is a democracy in terms of how well this podcast does. So I do appreciate if you could do that. If you're listening on the video version, if you do take a couple seconds linked up in the description below is my Instagram if you want to follow me over there and then also the podcast. So thank you. I do appreciate it. I'll stop soliciting for now. Um, but thank you so much. Uh, the projections will be up later today, linked up down below. If you're interested in those, check them out over on Patreon. I'll have a live stream later today on Saturday. If you're listening to this before 10 a.m. East Coast time, that will be for um, Patreons only. And then Sunday closing thoughts podcast is tomorrow morning, as well as a live stream tomorrow at 11 a.m. for everybody on YouTube. So thank you all so much. My name's Sal. You already know that. Go plan fantasy draft. I'll be 100% fantasy draft entries today over there. So peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.